Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Tobias Rinsha from Language.io. Tobias, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, Brad. Very excited. So tell me a bit about yourself, about your company, who you are, what you're up to. Absolutely. So I'll start with the company. Language.io is a startup. We received our round A funding at the end of 2021. So we're in full build mode, of course. And what Language.io does is we help organizations communicate with their customers around the world. And we do that through a proprietary AI-powered platform that chooses the right machine translation engine for any kind of communication that you might have. So whether it's chat or email, user-generated content, it's really that real-time translation that is needed specifically for customer support that we empower. So what that means is you can now hire the best customer support agent, no matter what language they speak, and they can support customers around the world. Very cool. Yeah, it's really fascinating technology. And as I said, received funding at the end of 2021. And so the founder and the board started to put together a new leadership team. And I was lucky enough to become part of that. So I'm chief marketing officer. And as such, my role really is to build out and grow the marketing organization for Language.io. And that includes all aspects of marketing. And we focus in different areas as we grow. Obviously, there are priorities right now, but it's everything from content and brand to demand and lead generation, account expansion, reducing churn, product marketing, PR, all of these functions that you would expect in marketing. I love it. So a lot of different functions. You recently joined the summer. What are some priorities for you? You know, as we look to this next quarter in this space, I'm sure there's a million things to do. Are there any standout like priorities that or top of that list for you? Yeah, I'm sure it's not surprising at all that really it's the demand generation and lead generation that are very much top of mind at the moment. We have a strong and for the size of the company, pretty big sales team at 12 people. And so they need to be fed. Absolutely. And that was very much, you know, when I came in, that was the top priority. So we were able within the first four months already to increase lead volume there by eightfold compared to the lowest month earlier this year. So that was wow, a, eightfold. Good, yeah, it was That's a good amazing. success. Obviously, we're going to continue to tweak that engine, build it out. That's still very much the goal here. Our growth goals are obviously high and marketing needs to support those. But at the same time, then for this coming quarter and into 2023, improving our content marketing and specifically the visibility of that content through organic channels is going to be another big focus and then tightening up our product marketing. Absolutely. That's uh, that's very important. I think everyone's thinking about, especially as we end this quarter into next and even the economy and all this stuff, demand and lead generations, number one. That's right. That's right. Really important stuff. Let's talk about um, recent GDPR changes. You know, are those influencing your marketing strategy at all and the ways you're running campaigns and all this stuff? I think GDPR is one aspect of a broader trend that I see that is just going to become more salient for marketing. So GDPR was one of the first laws to really start to protect consumers' privacy. 
We then see CCPA up in California following a similar route. We see up in Canada, at least the email laws there have become quite strict. And then we see, obviously, Apple's technology with at least some cloaking of device IDs and things like that. I think consumers are becoming more aware of their need for privacy and how much data we've been able to gather about the consumer. And so I think we're going to see more and more going into, in that direction. And in an ideal world, I think we would have a situation where the consumer and their privacy is protected but they still only see the kind of ads and communications that they're actually interested in. I think that's the holy grail here for both sides. And whether we'll ever get there, I don't know. But I think in the meantime, as we're now, we went into one extreme, I think we're now pulling back slowly. And so I think we're going to go back to this idea where it's really about content. So we're going to have to attract the customer again, rather than buying all their data and putting us in front of them. I do think that social media, where people opt in, we will still be able to do some of these push methodologies. But I think just even there, getting in front of a customer there with good content is going to be key. So that's a huge focus of mine here to test different content types, formats and messages and really hone in on getting our potential customers and current customers useful information. Absolutely. Let's talk about the setting up this lead gen engine. So you came in, you got 12 salespeople hungry to have some deals in their pipeline. Where do you start? What are some things you consider when you start that? And it's such a monumental thing to build a big lead gen engine. Like what's step number one? I think this is where maybe a little bit of experience is helpful. I've done this a few times now, specifically in B2B environments. And I just came from another startup where I did a very similar thing, came in there as they had closed their round A. So for me, the channels that are just instantly useful, certainly search engine marketing, Google in particular, but then the Microsoft platforms, I think are also nice, much less volume, but much lower CPL. And you can copy everything over. So it's an easy one. And then LinkedIn for me is always a good one, just because you've got all of the firmographic data and the title and the biographic information about the people you want to go after. And so it's an easy one to, if you've got your ICP, your personas figured out, it's a really nice way of just getting in front of the right people quickly. So first thing we did was really increase our bottom of funnel product focused messaging and getting that in front of folks through search and LinkedIn. And that really helped a lot. As a second step, I started to bring in some platforms to help us be more productive, more efficient. Again, round A, small team that I'm looking to build out. We brought in on Triblio, which is an ABM platform through which we can also do a lot of our targeted advertisement through social. That was a piece. And then it was really just focusing on those things and optimizing spend there, making sure we were getting the volume. And then the other piece I did coming in as a really first step was we use HubSpot as our marketing automation platform. So I built out a ton of reporting on the one hand to be able to show the value of marketing right from the get-go, but also in order to be able to identify problems very quickly along the pipeline. And so with those things in place, we just every day were looking at the data and optimizing and within a couple of months really got a good engine running there. Nice, I love that. Let's talk about the collaboration with the sales team. What does that look like? 
What are things that you're doing as a marketer to fully support the sales team, the outbound efforts, all that stuff? Yeah. So first of all, joining Language.io, it was really nice to see that sales was hungry for these leads. They were waiting for marketing to really kick off. And so creating a good relationship with sales was pretty easy, especially when uh, we were able to get them those leads to execute very quickly. And there was definitely a, a little bit of luck in there. The fact that we bet on the right horses right from the get-go definitely helped. But the way we work is obviously I work very closely with, with our CRO, Ryan, who oversees all of sales and account management. And so we just align regularly and make sure that we're on the same page. Right from the beginning, I made sure that we had open communication channels about especially lead quality and volume to make sure that we're getting the right amount with the right quality through. Because what I've seen again and again is just sort of marketing, throwing the leads over and then you don't get feedback. And so maybe you're swamping sales, maybe the quality isn't good enough. And so they then write off marketing altogether. And that's when you get that break and that's when everything falls apart. So we have really good communication channels on the one hand, but then all the way down, we have our director of sales ops who very closely monitors leads coming through. I join a weekly sales call just to keep an, uh, my finger on the pulse of what's happening in sales. And then my team regularly connects with the appropriate people in sales. Again, we want to have as few touches as possible, but as many as we need, right? Because sales is supposed to be selling. But for the time being, I think we've got a really good cadence going there where we're just getting the communication to and fro. And then the other piece that I actually rely on almost more than that is again, to build out those platforms to make sure that the CRM is set up in such a way that we can identify problems quickly. So I have dashboards where I can see how long it takes on average or specifically for salespeople to pick up leads. I have dashboards that show me how many of those they move forward through the funnel and where the drop-offs are and such things. And so we're able to diagnose on our end independently. And then we have those communication channels to get anecdotal evidence as well. Absolutely. So we got demand lead gen engine. We got the sales collaboration. You mentioned content. What sorts of content is helpful to this whole demand lead gen sales collaboration motion? Like, obviously, there's many different formats. There's blog posts, white papers, YouTube videos. I'm sure I could list out 20 more. Are there any that are particularly top of mind for you right now that you're like, hey, all of our content is focused in a certain area? The main focus in the past has been blog posts, which is more of an SEO visibility, top of funnel. Organic, uh, people find you through Google search type of thing. Precisely. The content there was very high level about how to improve your call center operations or contact center operations, th this kind of stuff. And then digging into different technologies that we integrate with as well, talking about what are things to consider when you're setting up an AI chatbot, this kind of content. And then we had a few eBooks that we put out that have brought in some leads and some interest. And we were experimenting with some webinars as well. I think going forward, definitely there will be a focus on video. 
So we're currently putting together a suite of product videos with high production values. And then I think because kind of creating a new category here. So from a demand gen perspective, I think more explainer videos to see how we differentiate from maybe other approaches in particular to the challenges that we help solve. And then I think also just looking at content across the funnel. I talked about this idea of marketing, throwing leads over to sales and then walking away. This is very much not my approach. My team should be everywhere across the funnel and beyond. So we're, we're responsible also to reduce churn and to increase growth within accounts. And so what we're doing right now is really looking at all of the content that we have and then figuring out where are there gaps along this journey. And with the content we already have, can we identify content types that are better in, in different areas of that journey? So as I said earlier, lead gen is really important and supporting rapid growth, which means our focus is more towards the bottom of the funnel at the moment. But I think moving forward, more content types across the funnel is really going to be the vision here. Absolutely. I think a good place to wrap up would be, you know, you have a little bit of background in film studies and video and production and all that stuff. How does it shape how you're looking at video? It sounds like you're doing more like product explainer type of videos or any sort of videos around thought leadership or what's first on the roadmap for you? Yeah, I think first on the roadmap, map definitely are those product videos and explainer videos, things that we can use straight away to support sales, to speed up the pipeline and so on. I think as a second motion, then our founder has a fantastic story that actually has been um, highlighted in Inc. magazine and others. She's one of the few female founders with VC funding. The amount is ridiculously small. And regarding thought leadership and and really maybe inspiring other female leaders, female founders to go this route, I think is something that I'd love to explore further too. Absolutely. I think that's really important. Well, it's been awesome to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights. And I think many other marketers out there are thinking about demand and lead gen as well. So this is really helpful and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Brad. This was fun. Absolutely.